I'm going to have a little bit more fun with you guys, okay? <laughs> One and done, right? No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little more at ease, so let's, let's get into this. <laughs> so worship. I didn't really explain this last, uh, last service, but worship is, uh, for a while, was a very uncomfortable topic for me because I just really didn't understand it. I knew of worship, but when it came to worship, my understanding was just what we do here on Sunday. And not that it, hey, my sister's here. Hi. Sorry. I'm sorry. I had to say that. Um, <laughs> sorry. Totally threw me off. But worship, Sunday, that was all my understanding. It's all I experienced and I knew that there was more. I knew that there was more to get from worship. And the Lord actually prepped me for today, like four or five months ago. And in the process of prepping, I began to see just the wealth and the resource of worship and everything that the Lord had to offer. And I'm going to share that with you today. Can I do that today? You really don't have a choice. but <laughs> So finding my purpose in worship. We're going to talk about the glory of Worship. I split this up into three parts. We're going to talk about the glory first, praise second, and then worship third. So if you could please turn to John 17, 20. We're going to look at 20 through 23. And let me just say, I'm so blessed to have this team, to be a part of a church that just really wants their leaders to be equipped in every area of their life. I'm so thankful for Pastor Ryan. Pastor Gary, yesterday, last night, just said, I love you, I believe in you, have fun. And that just prepped me for today. And even Pastor Angel, I have to shout out to Pastor Angel, on baptisms, he's like, hey, you're preaching. And I was like, yeah, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> it's like, this is the day that the Lord has made. So rejoice and be glad in it, and I will rejoice. Thank you so much for that. I love our team. I love our pastors. But as I said, John 17, 20 through 23, this is on the eve of Jesus' crucifixion. He's just about to be crucified. He's about to die for the sins of the world, and he takes a moment to pray. He takes a moment to pray for his apostles and you, every single person who would come into the faith. I think that that's just amazing, the love of God, that before he dies, Jesus, who shows us the heart of God, prays, and he says this. He says, I do not pray for these alone, speaking of the apostles, he just finished praying for the apostles, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Then he says something very important, which we're going to talk about, and the glory which you gave me, Jesus is speaking, the glory that you gave me, I, he says, I have given them. That they may be one, just as we are one, I and them and you and me. That they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. It's amazing. It's amazing. This, this, this thought of glory sent me on this path, totally transformed my thinking, totally transformed my pursuit of the Lord, and I hope it does the same for you. What is he talking about when he says glory? My glory I give into them. Understand that those who confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, those who confess Jesus as Lord and Savior have the glory of Christ, his victory. They have his position, his identity as son or daughter of the Most High. Oh my gosh. 
He gives us his splendor, all of his resources, the fullness of who he is. He hands it to us. That which is worthy of honor and praise. In short, the glory is the glory and majesty of God's presence, his Holy Spirit, that we become the temples, the temple of the Holy Spirit, housing the fullness of God, everything. We're going to talk about that today. I'm going to give you some homework. Do you mind? When you get a chance, I want you to go home and read John 14, 15 through 16. Please take notes. You're going to need to. You won't remember everything that I'm going to say. I have a lot to say today. But it's speaking of the Holy Spirit, John 14, 15 through 16, the helper, the one who supplies us with everything that we're going to need in this life to fulfill the call that God has called us to, okay? So let me talk about the glory a little bit more in depth. Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Psalms 103, 1 through 5. I love this. David in his worship gets revelation that changed his life. Again, it transformed his understanding of who he is in God. Okay? He says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, he says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, he says, all his benefits. He starts listing them off. He's speaking of the glory of God. He says, who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Do you hear what he's saying? This declaration, a man, a man where on his side of the cross, Jesus has not died There's no indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but yet in his worship, he has this revelation and he sees what's ahead and he says, no, I'm not going to wait for it. This is mine today and I'm going to walk and live in this. What does the word say? That he does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But when you look at that word sound mind, it means self-control. And then here's David commanding his soul. What is the soul? It is your mind the way that you think. It is your will, the way that you live. It is your emotions, the way that you feel. He's commanding every bit of his being. He's saying, hey, bless the Lord. Bless him. That word bless is barak. It means to kneel as an act of adoration. It means to praise and honor God for who he is as Lord, to acknowledge his nature, his reputation. He's saying, My mind will kneel to the reign of the Father, will kneel to his resources, his benefits. My life will kneel to everything that the Father has to offer me. Everything that I am will kneel, will bless the Lord for who he is, not for who I am. Forget about who I am. It's all about who I am in him. You guys hear me? You can talk to me. It's okay. I love conversation. Oh, man, we're going to elaborate a little bit later. But the glory of Christ summarizes this. When we abide in Jesus, when we abide in his word, when we know the truth, John eight thirty six says this, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. 
If the sun makes you free, you shall be free indeed. When you look at what makes you free means in the Greek, it means set at liberty. He liberates you. He frees you from something. What is that something that he frees you from? Speaking the dominion of sin. Speaking of the power of sin, the curse. He says he makes you free. And if he does that, you are free indeed in all reality. You are a freeborn. That's a term that he uses, a freeborn. A freeborn. It's a, it means this. I'll break it down for you. Not confined to the tyranny of sin and the flesh, but free to pursue God wholeheartedly. It's released from the distress of guilt, shame, and condemnation. You're free from that. To pursue the Lord freely. You're free from that which comes from a life without God. Without knowing him. I said this in the first service. There's a difference between knowing God and knowing of God. It's knowing God that brings liberty. It's relationship. It's intimacy. What is intimacy? It's sharing thoughts it's sharing opinions it's sharing the heart where your hearts are in sync harmony so now that i have explained what the glory of the lord is which is victory which is his fullness his presence what is the glory of worship it's the same thing but let's go in a little bit deeper you still with me all right, let's talk about praise. We're going to go to Psalms 34. Psalms 34. This is where we're going to stay for a majority of the message. Psalms 34, we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. You see, David had this capacity for worship. He wrote a lot of the Psalms. He understood worship. He was a man of worship. The Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. Did you know that you too could be a man or woman after God's own heart? Did you know that you too have this capacity that David has by the grace of God through training you could reach this capacity of worship and go far beyond it's not just limited see with worship there is no end there is no end goal there is no mark or or set standard no with worship it's unlimited because you're dealing with an immeasurable God you hear what I'm saying so Psalms 34, 1 through 3, David is enamored with the glory of God. He's experienced God in his worship, and he wants more. He's hungry. He's craving God's presence. He wants more of God, and it impels him to worship even further. He says this, Psalms 34, 1 through 3, I will bless the Lord at all times, he says. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul, he says. Again, what is the soul? Everything. Everything about me, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together, he says. What is David saying? He's saying, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. The praise that he is speaking of is Tehillah. Okay? Tehillah praise. Pastor Ryan's going to talk about it next week. Come next week because we're not done after today. It's a spontaneous song. It's a hymn of praise from the heart, a genuine place. It's not flattery where you have your own motive. 
Oh, I'm going to come to the Lord because I want to get something done. No, it's a pure affection. It's adoration towards the Lord. And I said this, it's thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not just a holiday in November. No, in the word, it's being mindful of God's reputation. It's being mindful of who he is, that he is good. It's being mindful of his benefits. It's being mindful of all the resources, again, the glory that is handed down to each and every one of us who come into the faith. I'm going to give you some homework. You ready? Hold on, I won't give you it just yet. I just want to make sure you guys are listening. Speaking of tequilah, Psalms 22, 3 says that God inhabits, God inhabits the praises of his people. God inhabits. Write that down, inhabits. What does inhabits mean? In the Hebrew, it means, among many things, to settle. God settles things in the praises of his people. God establishes things in the praises of his people. What are some of these things? The first one is rest. He gives his strength in the praises of his people. The second thing is release from bondage, from addiction, from anything that could get in the way of you receiving God to his fullness, any of it. Release is established in the praises of his people, acknowledging who God is, being thankful, mindful, understanding that the word has already been established, the victory has been made when Jesus said it was finished on the cross. The third thing is his authority, the ability to exercise his reign. Again, the Lord does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, authority, to exercise his reign in every area of our life. The last thing is perpetuity consistency the lord establishes establishes consistency in the praises of his people again so often we're in the roller coaster of life and we're just in our ups and downs when the word has promised us glory to glory the lord establishes consistency in the praises of his people being mindful of who he is he stabilizes this up and down and up and down and it becomes a steady climb victory to victory pastor dan talked about it last week so david is saying every part of me my mind my will emotions will praise will celebrate and testify to god's strength in my life he's saying i will testify to his presence i will testify to his resources i am his and he is mine he is my god i am his child and that means something. It's not just hot air. No, I'm gonna live from this place because I acknowledge it, I see it, I want it, it's mine. Thus, considering this revelation that David gets, he declares his faith in the Lord. What does he say? He says in verse two, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. It's halal, it means to shine. My soul, every part of me will shine the glory and favor of my Father, my God, my Lord. Oh, man. Then he says, oh, magnify the Lord. 
Oh, magnify the Lord, he says. In the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it means to intensify, to cause to seem greater, more important he says, I'm going to intensify. I'm going to magnify the Lord in my life, in every area of my life. Because the more I look to him, the more I magnify him, the more I realize there is victory again for every area of my life, everything that I will face. That is how verse 2 is accomplished. I will boast in the Lord. I will boast in the Lord. It is a key to effective worship. Effective worship magnifies the Lord, magnifies his covenant, magnifies who he is for us. You guys understand? Cool? Okay. So, magnifying the Hebrew means to grow, to promote, to encourage, to give rain, to give rain, give access to the Lord to have power in your life. Of course, the Lord doesn't need your permission. He's all-powerful. But we still need to give him our reign. We got to allow him to come in and do what he does best. Understand that God is not weak. He's not lacking. But genuine worship, being mindful of his presence, stimulates his glory that he has given us so freely in our lives as his people. You see it throughout the word. Look for it. Where there's worship, look at the follow-through. Look at what follows up. It's always victory. It's amazing. So I'm going to give you an illustration. The Lord had brought my mother to mind for this. I didn't, I, I just remember, my mom loves jewelry, right? The women, do we love jewelry? Well, we, but you. <laughs> you, <laughs> you love jewelry, right? Mama loves jewelry. And often I would always see her at the table and she has all, you know, the things that she has out. And she has this little magnifying, it's a loop lens, it magnifies the jewelry. She, she'll get it and she'll sit there and just, hmm, you know, just looking at it. For the longest time I didn't really understand it, but the Lord brought it to mind. So I was like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to show me? What do you want me to tell the people? This is what he wants me to tell you. <laughs> to magnify the Lord is like using a loop magnifying lens on a diamond. What is the purpose? It's to gain better clarity because the worth of the diamond is not in its size, it's in its clarity. It's in the perfection because sometimes you get those carbon pockets and it decreases the value, all right? But if there's clarity, if there's greater detail, greater understanding, it increases worth. Understand that God is worthy no matter what, but is he worthy in your understanding? It's something to consider. I said it earlier, four years ago, man, I was a whole other guy. I didn't dress like this. I used to come to church in sweats. And I'd sit, and I'd just be like, oh, falling asleep. I'm telling you the truth. It's horrible. <laughs> but that's what I would do. But when the Lord started working with me, he's like, all right, man, this isn't what I want for you. This isn't what I have for you. There's more than this. I was like, okay, Lord. All right, I'll, I'll do this. I'm going to give it my all. I want to pursue you. I want to be everything that you've called me and designed me to be. I began to pray, Lord, I want to appreciate you. Help me appreciate you. Because the more and more as I saw and had revelation and God revealed himself to me, the more and more I began to see that he is worthy of my praise. He is worthy of my attention. He is worthy of my life. 
every area of it. Magnifying the Lord results in greater awareness because, again, when we magnify the Lord, this means that we are promoting him. We are promoting him. We are encouraging him. We're making him the power and the authority of our lives. We put him at the forefront. We showcase him, his benefits, his resources, like John the Baptist. He was the forerunner. He prepared everybody for Jesus. And when he came, he was like, look, it's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He even said, man, I'm not even worthy to unstrap the sandals of his feet. The lowest form of service. He was saying, I'm not even worthy for that because this guy is far greater. This guy has something to give. I'm just baptizing in water. He's coming with the Holy Spirit. He's coming to give liberty, to give freedom, to redeem. So he must increase, I must decrease. He was speaking out of humility. He was giving rain. Have your way. Let me make way for you to come in and tear this place up. The way I see it is like this. You think about when Jesus cleanses the temple. I love that comes in starts turning over tables and the cords and just like whoa jesus i should do that at the warehouse sometimes not just kidding <laughs> i'm just like the, kid, the students are here i love you guys i'm joking <laughs> no but when you give rain to god oh man he will clean your temple up he will clear it out there will be no room for anything but his presence do you guys hear what i'm saying yes The reality of greater awareness, magnifying the Lord, this makes way for greater measures of God's presence to manifest his glory in your life. And it's all due to increased revelation. It's all due to personal worship. I talked about this last service, the awareness ribbon guide. Do we know what that is? The awareness ribbon guide, there's all these different colored ribbons. They all represent something. There's breast cancer, leukemia, depression, ADD, ADHD, lupus, AIDS, HIV. The list goes on and on. There's mental illness. There is physical illness. There is environmental illness. There's all these things that are very real that are going on in the world as we speak. And you know what? They may be going on in your life right now as I'm speaking to you. But here's the funny thing. My family, they believe in... conspiracy theories the government has cure for everything i don't know but what i do know is that there is a cure for everything in the blood of jesus christ and i will magnify that no matter what i face no matter what i go through no matter what comes my way i will magnify the glory of the lord because he said it is finished and he did not fail he did not lie no it is finished and if my body or if anything about me is failing to recognize the truth of God's word, I will bless the Lord, O my soul. I will command my flesh to acknowledge the reign of God the Father, the victory of Jesus Christ. It's not sticking our heads in the sand, but acknowledging the blood of Jesus, again, making way for God's glory to come into your life. 
through the worship and the testimony of the Holy Spirit, his presence. Okay. Whew. Now, David, <laughs> let's go to the uh, worship portion. We're going to talk about worship. David refers to his praise as an expression of his worship. Okay. So I want you to go to Psalm 34, 7 through 11. Psalm 34, 7 through 11. All praise. There's many forms of praise. I believe Pastor Ryan's going to talk about it next week. Again, please be here. But all praise is an expression of fearing the Lord. Is an expression of your worship. Psalm 34, 7 through 11 says this. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. And delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want. Do you hear that? Do you see that? There is no want to those who what? Fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? It's not being afraid that God's going to strike you. He's going to strike you with some sickness or strike you with some hard time because of whatever in your life. No, that is not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is feeling and showing deep and earnest respect. It's being caught in overwhelming admiration. Again, it's acknowledging God and seeing him and just, <gasps> you ever have those moments where it's kind of hard to express words? You're just, man, it's like your heart just wants to jump out of your chest realize this get this verse 11 what did verse 11 say come you children listen to me and i will teach you to fear the lord this is david speaking okay he's saying if we're willing to listen hear, because listening in the word is hearing and then doing okay if we're willing to listen we can be trained to function in this same capacity for worship. I love it. I'm going to give you some more homework. Psalm 34, 12 through 22. Look at that. That's what it means to fear the Lord. But anyways, verse 11, he says that again. Come and I will show you how to fear the Lord. He's hinting. He was hinting at that in verse 2. He says, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. What is he saying? Those who hear... Those who hear of his boasts, again, the declaration, shining God's glory. Those who hear of his boasts and receive his testimony shall rejoice as well. Why? Because genuine worship has the power to perpetuate beyond you and affect the people around you. In fact, the environment around you. If we can, do we know what a slow clap is? Go, go for it. Have you ever been in a situation where one guy's just like, yeah, and then all of a sudden the whole room just starts clapping? If we can do that with a clap, imagine what can be done in genuine worship. And that is what's 
the reality. Genuine worship has the power to perpetuate, to affect your environment, which we're going to see in uh, some of the scriptures that we're going to. But here's another important truth about the fear of the Lord. Worship is the product of relationship. You cannot have worship without relationship. You cannot have worship without fellowship. You cannot have relationship without fellowship. Did you know that? Fellowship is intimacy, one-on-one time. So, check this out. I love this. If we go to, yeah, if you look at verse 8 in Psalms 34, he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It means to perceive. He's saying, become aware. He's saying, be conscious of. Consider the Lord before you consider anything else. I love it. If you go to Exodus, well, you don't have to go there, but Exodus 32, when God is just fed up with the stiff-necked Israelites, they're just in rebellion. God has extended his hand, and he's done everything that he could for them, but they just, they're not going for it. They're complaining. God's talking to Moses, and he says, all right, Moses, I'm going to make a nation out of you, a great nation. These other people, I don't know. But Moses, he was like, no, God, no, 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 no. Consider your covenant. Consider your faithfulness. Consider what you said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This people will make it to the promised land. Consider who you are, your nature. You can do this, God, is basically what he's saying. And because he considered God above the circumstance, because he could have looked at the people and was like, you know what, God, yep, bye-bye. No, he said, God, you can do this thing. I know you can. Not just because I know you can, but because you said you can. And I believe your established word. What happens when we consider God in every area of our life above our circumstances, above our conditions, above those things that we've learned to grow accustomed to? Consider God and you'll see his goodness, that he is worthy, that he is valuable. So check this out. David expands further on the glory of worship. He says, blessed is the man who trusts in God, in a state of well-being, content, satisfied is this man who trusts in the Lord. And then he says, and those who seek him, those who seek him, meaning frequently seeking his presence, frequently, where it's a habit, it's second nature. This is what I do. This is my life. That person seeking shall not lack. He says, be without the fruit of faith in God. His will. See, another key to effective worship is seeking God continually. So let me go a little bit deeper. The benefits of and glory of worship. Proverbs 14, 26 through 27. Proverbs 14, 26 to 27. In the fear of the Lord, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. See, in worship, there is strong confidence. Sometimes we try to find confidence in our friends. Did I strike a chord? Okay, I won't go there. (laughs) Think about who's your go-to. Who do you call first? When the going gets rough. Where's the first place you go to? 
should be God. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge because worship perpetuates beyond the individual. I don't know why I whispered that, but okay. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Hear me. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Worship is a fountain of life. To turn one away from the snares of death. Who wants to turn away from death? Nobody? Okay. I'm in the wrong church. No, just kidding. <laughs> I hope we all do. In worship, there is strong confidence. There's boldness. There's power. It's saying. There's a victory. You're coming off the victory of Christ, coming off the victory of the gospel. You're not striving for victory. No, you're striving from victory. It's established. It is there. It is for you. You take it. So there is strong confidence. There's power in worship, and there is a firm trust. There's security. There is hope. I believe that hopelessness is the fruit of lack of worship. There's refuge in worship. Again, as well as a fountain of life. It's speaking of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, right? In worship, there's purification. Okay? Meaning sustenance. You have the support of God. He is backing your every move in every area of your life. You are not malnourished. No, you have the spiritual support you need to get through every endeavor of your life. Then there's maintenance. I love this one. There's preservation. The blood flow of the covenant promise. Who's ever serviced a car in here? If you've ever serviced your car, do you just take it to anybody? No, you take it to someone who knows what they're doing, right? You take it to the manufacturer. Because they know what the problem will be and they will know how to fix it. If you go to God in worship, if you go to the one who created you, who designed you, who thought of you, who fashioned you, do you not believe that he can take care of all your malfunctions? Good. I thought you guys were going to boo me off the stage on that one. <laughs> Maintenance. We are serviced in personal worship. The next time your body's just going out of whack, your emotions are just woo all over the place, run to worship. Run to the presence. When you have just sickness, things in your life that should not be there, it's not God's will for your life to be sick. He has given you a way. You run to worship. Don't run a who, whatever on the, oh, well, I'm just going through this today and I'm just, uh, I'm not feeling too, just no, run to worship. Get this, worship turns one away from the snares of death. It leads one to choose to reject and overcome the traps, the bondage, the cords of death, which is sin which is temptation. Did you know that there is a way of escape for every temptation that you'll face? I hope you know that. And I love this. Worship cures stubbornness. <laughs> stubbornness. So many people settle. They're just, oh, this is who I am. It's who I'll always be. 
My mother was like this. My grandmother was like this. My father was like this. This is just who we are as a family. It's just, that is my identity. No. If you are a son and daughter of the Most High, that means that there's an imperishable seed. You have the DNA of the Father. And you could produce the identity, the source of the Father in every area of your life. Don't settle. Psalms 112.1 says this, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Blessed is the man who worships the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. We hear commandments, we're like, whoa, I don't think I can do that. Acknowledge the glory, that's all I'm going to tell you, but check this out. What is really being said? Satisfied is the man who worships and extremely desires the charge of the Lord, his reign, his love, the way that he does things it's again saying lord you're the lord of my life satan get behind me i'm not following you anymore i'm following my lord and savior because he's the way he's the truth he is the life and his path is a path to victory not my ideas not my opinions not everything that i can muster up in myself no i depend and rely on the holy spirit These are my final words. I'm going to give you some homework. If you can go Proverbs, Proverbs 22, 4, read that on your own. The glory of the Lord in worship. Check this out. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is, the secret of the Lord is, with those who fear him, with those who worship him, and he will show them his covenant. What is it saying? He himself, the soul of the individual, the person, the life, all-inclusive, everything about you, shall dwell in prosperity. What is he speaking of? That you shall function you shall thrive from the valuable presence of God you will bask in his glory because again the thing about this glory is you don't have to work for this glory the key is to work from this glory because he has given it to you it is yours the moment you said Lord Savior you know that it's still yours today you didn't lose it Oh, man. Again, what makes all this possible? It's magnifying the Lord in every area of your life. Magnifying him in worship. Acknowledging, being thankful, Lord, I thank you that you have died on, you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins. That by his stripes I am healed. Again, that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That you are for me. Get this. The secret of the Lord, his secret counsel is with those who worship him. Meaning that his advice, his advice, who needs to make a major decision? 
Right now, I'm, I'm like, if there's a business decision, there's a life decision, whatever decision that may be, there is resolve in worship for you. There is resolve in worship. And not only that, but there is understanding in worship. When it comes to the covenant, you find your purpose in worship. Because that's what it means. The covenant secret, his secret counsel, is your purpose. And not only your purpose, but his purpose for your life. I love it. David in his worship got to see what was coming. So many men in the Bible, men and women in the Bible who were worshiping God got to experience things. They were far ahead of their time. But the Lord counted them righteous because of their faith, because of their trust in who he is. In worship, his covenant will be shown. There will be a reality you will experience him in your life his covenant friendship his alliance his faithfulness did you know that God is always faithful did you know that we could say it but did you know it but are you experiencing that faithfulness so in closing to sum everything up the glory of worship is God's covenant relationship all right? It's God's covenant relationship, and it is revealed and expressed in your worship. You guys hear me today? All right, I'm going to close because I don't want you guys to kill me for not letting you go and eat. So in closing, <laughs> you can go ahead and come up, Ryan, if you want to play. Worship is mutual. In pursuing the Lord in worship, I began to realize that it is mutual. It's not one-sided. It's very much like a marriage. It's give and take, give and take. It's not just take, take, take. That is not a relationship. It is not a relationship that God desires. None of us desire that type of a relationship. It's where both parties are willing meeting each other, experiencing each other in love, in gratitude. God desires it so much and we need it. You know why God desires it so much? Because he knows what it is to live in this world. He knows what it is to go through hardship, trial, tribulation, betrayal, hate, anger, all these things. And he wants to provide everything that you need in worship. I just want to say this real quick. His secret counsel, in a nutshell, is that he loves you immensely. I said in the first service, don't ever get tired of hearing. Don't ever get used to the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Somehow it's become watered down. We don't react anymore. Do you hear what I'm saying? He died on the cross for you and for me so that we can experience such glory. This doesn't take place of the word. This complements the word. The word and worship are very important in your life.
And I'll say this last thing. Worship was never meant to be limited to a time slot. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just a Wednesday thing. It's not just a Tuesday morning thing. It's not just for 15 minutes, 30 minutes. No, it was meant to be a lifestyle. Romans 12, 1 says, offer yourselves. Offer yourselves because of what God has done for you. Offer yourselves to him. This is your purpose. This is true worship, your lives. So that you can shine out the glory of God. So that people can see that he is real. So that people can believe. That's what it's all about. It's daily offering our best, wholeheartedly. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, every ounce of me. I love Pastor Dan's example. When he started worshiping, he wanted more. He didn't want to stop. He didn't just leave it at that. Oh, 15 minutes, that sounds good. No, he wanted it in almost, if he could worship all day, I'm sure he, he, he would do it. I said this first service, I love Rebecca with all my heart. I adore Rebecca. But when I began to really worship the Lord, personally, I've made my own declarations, my own heartfelt words in my private time. I couldn't wait till she went home. It sounds bad, but I was like, man, when is she going to go home? Because Lord, I want to hang out with you. I want to hang out with you. He consumed my thoughts. He consumed my thoughts. I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, I just want to worship you, God, for everything. I'm looking at plants and I'm just like, Lord, thank you for these plants. I love plants. In and out. On the bottom of the cup, what does it say? John 3, 16. I was like, Lord, thank you for in and out. <laughs> I just wanted to worship him all the time. So what happens, man, you get enamored with God's glory, it's over. He had to check me, though, because he was like, Frank, I love people, too. It's not just you and me. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go hang out with Rebecca. <laughs> all right, all right, I better go, I better go. So I hope you realize worship is such a crucial resource given to the body of Christ. Will you learn to magnify the Lord? Seek him and he will teach you. He taught me. He showed me. If you know where I came from, oh man. He just, oh, I love the Lord with all my heart. Will you learn to magnify the Lord in your worship? Will you take the time? Otherwise, you're missing out on the fullness of God. Do not cheat yourself. Do not go another day. Because God has so much to offer you. Exalt him and experience his fullness in the glory of your personal worship. Can I pray for you? All right, let's stand. Yes, Father God, thank you, thank you. All honor and glory to you, Lord. Because I am but a vessel, just like them. You can use them too. Outside of these walls, Father God, may they bear testimony. May they promote, as the word says, that we are your representatives, Father God. May we display your glory. May we display your victory in every area of our life. May we overcome these things that are trying to cheat us, that are trying to undermine the work of Christ. No, there is nothing more powerful, Father God, like Caleb, 
when he be, when he wanted to consider you in the promised land everybody would say no we can't do it there's things there there's things in the way he said no we are able we are able we are equipped we can do this thing thank you for the victory the glory the the wonder of what it is to get to know you father god in worship may we not take this lightly but may we be transformed into a greater image of your son again from glory to glory thank you lord in jesus name we all say amen, amen.